Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. I am Pastor Zach, joined again by Pastor Dan to talk about this Sunday's message and service in general. Um, but right out of the gate, I told Dan I'm going to throw him off because I usually, you guys know if you've watched, I usually say, Dan, you know, what do you want to cover? What did you miss? But I'm going to take the lead this week because <laughs> you said, um, now, and Dan, you know this, um, and some of you might know the research I've been doing about redemptive history and the biblical yep. arc and stuff like that. You probably weren't thinking about this at all when you were prepping this text. But it was because when you were talking about the word dwell mm-hmm. and when you were going on how that verse is used, and actually I should have had it up here, um, but when looking at it, I because I've been thinking about the dwelling place of God, how over throughout redemptive history from we've got the Garden of Eden, right? God's creating a dwelling with man to where he's to be with him. And we see that throughout history. We see uh, the tabernacle being built, right? And we see this the temple being built. And then we see in Revelation 21, which I'll get to in a second, talking again and again about God's design to dwell with man, right? So when I heard... Uh, now that I've got the verse. Um, oh, I've lost the verse. Where were we, Dan? What were our verses verse for this 14. week? Verse 14. Thank you. That's the verse uh, you're thinking about. There we go. Um, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So I- I'm going to go two different ways here that I thought were interesting. All right. I got me on dwell back in Genesis. I'm thinking about the creation. Yep. And I'm thinking about the ultimate new creation. And then I thought about the good depo- the deposit, mm. the guard that deposit that was in you, right? So one thing that I think is very good, and you, you mentioned this, when we look at this verse, we got to realize that there's a parenthetical phrase, right? Mm. So he's not, he's saying, guard the good deposit entrusted to you by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, right? Yeah. So we gotta, you got to flip that for a second. And with deposit, I thought, you know, when we think about a deposit here in our modern day context, maybe we think a deposit for a car, Right. Um, something that if you crawfished on the loan, you would lose, mm-hmm. right, so to speak. I thought about Joseph with his brothers. Hmm. And when he's going back and forth, and they say, bring back your brother Benjamin, and Benjamin turns into a deposit, right? Mm-hmm. This is a deeper kind of deposit than maybe what I think of on my car loan. And I just mm-hmm. thought about, you really see that throughout Scripture, how when you see a deposit, it's a very big deal. Sure. And now, what our deposit of the whole of the Holy Spirit for us, which you you mentioned this, talking mm-hmm. about being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe, and I know, you, and you you did talk about this a little bit, but maybe we just take a little more time to do it. Do we underestimate the power of that deposit? That it's not something the Lord's going to back out on. Mm. The fact that we've had the Holy Spirit sealing us, that we are. Um, and, and this is the knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the the knowledge that Timothy has and how he's been built up. But it just made me think, maybe if we thought about that a little bit more, how Paul was probably thinking about it, the consequence of it, would it change the way that we live? And if so, what are some ways that we could think about that? Mm-hmm. The security of knowing God is going to complete this work in us um, that he started. 
not the same way of Timothy, but this is still a true statement, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's one of the things I want, I want us to think about. Do you want to go or do you want me yeah, to finish? No, let's keep going. Okay. It sounds like, you, uh, let me keep going. Well, I'll start yeah. while you can keep thinking. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think what's interesting about that, it's almost as if he conflates the gospel message, the good deposit. He's talking about your genuine faith in verse 5, and I saw your grandmother and your mother. And he conflates the gospel with the Holy Spirit because they're so connected that when you trust the gospel, you get the Holy Spirit, and you get the Holy Spirit because you trusted the gospel. So you bring those both together, and I think that ups the ante. Yes. You're, cooking, the, you're smelling what I was cooking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the sense, the ups the ante going, um, how is it possible that that God or Christ would deny his the Holy Spirit? Possibly. Wouldn't. So he gives it to us to know you are absolutely guaranteed. And it reminisces back to uh, John 6 or John 10, the idea that we're called by God and then we're secured by uh, Christ and what he's done on the cross. And then the inheritance of that security is that we've given given the Holy Spirit, will there be that that guarantee? So therefore, all of the Trinity is involved with our salvation and, and... it's almost as if he wants to tell Timothy the magnitude of what is going on in your life and what has gone on in your life should be of such assurance and encouragement that the persecution that you're going to face, that I'm because he's calling for him, we're gonna talk about this week in chapter four. He wants Timothy to visit him in Rome. So Understandably, Rome is uh, Timothy is thinking people like Anesiphorus, who, who lost his life. The yeah. evidence says, yeah. "I want to go to to Rome." And his point would be, "Absolutely. What do you really have to lose? You have nothing to lose that is of the value of what you have to gain." Yeah. And so I, I think that that's the framework, and we're going to be talking about that, how he, he gets into that and then in, in pouring into other people. In other words, the deposit you've been given, this is why you want to pour it into other people, yeah. because this is a treasure. And I think the issue is not anything other than we just don't see that. We don't have the spiritual eyes, spiritual ears to hear and see the tremendous value and worth that is the gospel, that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah that has set up residence in us, just like the pictures in the Old Testament of the tabernacle, yeah. the temple, et cetera. Well, and that's where I think you get these, I think he's really, I think he's intentionally conflating. Sometimes we say that word, we make it sound like it's bad, but I think he's intentionally doing oh, this, totally. showing that yeah. big picture yeah. because of him telling Timothy to yeah. be courageous. Yeah. Um, this isn't a fly or a verse, right? There's no such thing as a fly or a verse, sure. but it, he's, he's bringing it to this big, epic, whole design. And that's where I think why that dwelling place stuck with me is I think, um, it, and it's so funny. I encourage people, if you ever want to do just a fun study through that, the dwelling is so interesting how it comes up again and again mm. from front to finish yeah. throughout scripture. And I think when he does that, he knows that Timothy would have said, I'm thinking of these big epic schemes now. It is almost nonsensical for me to be fearful in this. Mm. God has sealed me. The Holy Spirit is working within me to do this thing that I've been called to. And Timothy has mm. a unique circumstance. We each have a unique circumstance, but we have the same spirit. Mm-hmm. And we have the same task that we've been called to, right? To proclaim God's greatness, mm-hmm. whatever um, avenue and context that may be given in. So yeah, I'm glad you're, that, that's what I was, yeah. I was thinking about that. I, I might need to go back and listen to the second part of the message a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because I got carried away. Okay. And I, it led me to this other part. So in Revelation 21, I'll just read it for people. Uh, 
Now that I've got the easiness and be able to go back to it here. Revelation 21, um, verse 1, I'll start there. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. And then this isn't the part, but I'm I'm here, so I'm going to finish this out with, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain for the former things have passed away. And there in verse three, when he says the dwelling place of God is not intended to be with man, is not supposed to be with man, mm-hmm. not is going to be, but is with man. It yeah. will be done and be completed. And when, of course, the revelation hasn't been written yet, but because mm-hmm. this theme throughout scripture, I think mm-hmm. when Paul is talking about this dwelling of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. he expects him to think about the very presence of God yeah. being the thing that we yeah. draw upon. And that's why you can guard that deposit, because you have the presence of Almighty Living God working with you to do His work in your life. And I just don't know if we talk about that with each other enough. We'll go about other things, but we don't sink into that nearly enough. Well, I think that just in general, people shrink back their life into the details of just what's happening today and the pressures. We're constantly shrinking it back to what do we need to get done? What would we like, et cetera. And I think the Bible is constantly expanding our view to see something bigger than we could imagine. Because we're constantly shrinking. I think that's the nature of humanity. He's constantly helping us see redemptive history. So the Bible starts with God in relationship with us. It ends with God in relationship with us. So you'd think to yourself, a relationship with us is a big deal. And it is. And understandably, that also makes sin, I think, more dramatic. Because if relationship is a big deal, and we are the ones that severed it, and yet he's pursuing, 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 and he goes, just like it was at the beginning when I was walking and talking with Adam and Eve, that's what I desire. Because... Then you get to see me, yeah. and your joy is full. My glory is clear. So that's what's going to be the ending. And in the middle is this God unfolding Himself in His mercy and His grace and His righteousness and His holiness and His justice. So we're getting to know these contours, these yeah. different flavors of God. But the relational kind of foundation or the underpinning of it all is absolutely potent. In yeah, passage. It's, it's so cool to think about. I, I've, I struggle with this at times. I'm doing better at it as I get older. But I think one day the Lord will really be close to me, and I'll have this great relationship. And it will be better, but it will be because the Lord changed. It'll be my sin's going to be out yeah. of the way, and it, I forget sometimes to enjoy the aspect of that He is revealing Himself to me. He's working with me, even yeah. uh, in my in my sinful state. Right, the um, the sin that you have is never okay to remain, and the Lord's not going to sure. keep it there. Sure. But he doesn't look at us. You know, we've been we've been reading a book that talks about this. The, he doesn't look at you and go, "I'm going to turn you away because of your sin." Yeah. Otherwise, he turn us all away because yeah. we always have it. Um, so it's just an encouragement. So thank you for indulging me. Thank you, viewers, for letting me take the key <laughs> and do it. Uh, but I, I tell you, at one point, I thought I was thinking through this, and you were saying something, and I was like, I think I could have did an amen there, but I'm actually amening something. That would have been so weird because I was so off on this tangent. But it might have been like one of your children. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. That's right. We're just showing that we're into it. But um, 
No, so there's, there's other stuff too, and we always do this. We know there's other things. What is there something else there that you thought, I wish I could have gotten to that. I'm watching the clock and I got to be able to bring it over. Well, I think the idea is he gives examples in verses, um, as you go through verses 15 through 18 of people who walked away and other people, mm-hmm. a person who persevered. And I think that it, it goes to the, the price tag. Uh, take this mm-hmm. seriously. And you've got the fact that the Holy Spirit is the power within you, but you're called to guard. So therefore, He's the sovereign, but you're responsible. And so go after God. Don't ever sit back and go, well, God's sovereign will take care of it. Go after it knowing that. Do all that you can and then entrust yourself to the Lord. And don't be like that person who just sits back and doesn't persevere, because we've got examples in this passage of people all who turned away, and then you get two different examples of individuals who um, we don't know if they walked away completely from the faith, or they definitely walked away from Paul. So essentially the price tag for what they were going to go through to be around Paul and with Paul and engage in this ministry, that was too high. So they walked away. And then you think to yourself, wow, they shrunk down the details of their life to simply be about safety versus being about redemptive history and the gospel and this great work that God is doing. And what an incredibly poor decision. What a tragedy that they said, my safety or or my uh, life is more important than identifying with Paul and all the things that could have been associated with that. And they didn't guard the deposit. And they can't say, well, God's sovereign. No, they were responsible to do that. Uh, and so it's one of those things is in our world today, don't shrink down your life into just the details of what you'll lose. Yeah. Think about the glory of the gospel and proceed in that direction, and you don't lose anything. Exactly right. You don't. That's the I, um, Well, this will be a good m- marker for us in our podcast. I think we're about the 15th or 16th episode of us, and now we officially get to become a Christian podcast because I'm going to talk about C.S. Lewis. My understanding is you can't be a real <laughs> Christian podcast unless you're talking well, bring uh, up C.S. Lewis. <laughs> so, uh, but it reminded me of from the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, and I know mm. people have seen it very frequently, talking about Aslan yeah. and the question of, is he sick? Safe, right? And I think it's the beaver that says, he's not safe, no, but he's good. Yeah. And I think how often do we, or do we even take the time to look into our own Christian walk and face that question? Is this safe? Yeah. Heavens no. Yeah. The, the, there's a lion trying to pursue us, a different type of lion. <laughs> this, yeah. Um, the world hates us. They want, you know, as we're like sheep to the slaughter, all these kind of, it ain't safe. Yeah. But the one we're serving, he is good. Yeah. And that should make you go, let's get in the game. Let's do this thing. Yeah, and it's one of those things, what kind of God do you want? Uh, do you want a, a tame God who does what you want? Because ultimately, that's not God. You yeah. you want the good. And by the way, I think it was Mr. Tumnus who said Was it? That. Yeah. That's the, it's the, I, I, I messed up our ability to be able to become a real <laughs> Christian podcast. That's okay. The other week, I, I couldn't remember... Uh, I could for the Lion King. I called him a pig and a rat, or oh, that's rat right. Versus, so I killed that. Yeah, that was a big one. The kids kind of looked at me like, <laughs> yeah. "Come on, it's yeah. the Lion King." Somebody texted me later. They said, "Dan, know your material." <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I'm going to give you a pass. As long as you know this this material, there you go, we'll man. give you a pass. Right? You can miss the Disney movies. Um, well, this is good stuff, brother. I, I'm, I'm one of the things, and this is kind of we're not in this part of the text yet. Um, we're just we're working through this relational aspect of it. Uh, one of the things I find people struggle with sometimes, particularly in these books, First mm-hmm. Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, when Paul's mm-hmm. writing to somebody in particular, yeah. and they got this kind of, we want to have a proper hermeneutic, right? We sure. don't want to go in and take something he writes to one of these people and go, oh, that applies to me, right? It's the, mm-hmm. old, the old Jeremiah 29, 11 that people yeah, yeah, want to yeah. go grab and say, oh, that's, that's yeah. my verse. 
Um, if you have questions about that, ask us. We'll no, cover that at a different time. Yeah. <laughs> Go after him on that. I'm sorry if I messed up your doily. <laughs> um, but I do think there's something interesting here that, yes, when we're doing exegesis of Scripture, we want to see what the Holy Spirit has for the church. Mm. We absolutely don't want to take things that aren't there and make them life principles. But I do think there's something beautiful here that we can observe from a non-exegetical standpoint just to see these brothers interacting. Hmm. Like there is genuine and hmm. deep concern yeah. from Paul, not just out of his obligation to Timothy as his protege, but you could tell he loves Timothy. Yeah. And I thought, do we think often enough about our relationships with brothers and sisters hmm. in Christ? And do we are we really developing genuine love and affection for one another that uh that, that would continue past just our likenesses or our common, you know, maybe we both like the same team, we both watch the same shows. Do we have things that would get deep-rooted for years and years down the road that we'd still be leaning on one another and have precious relationships? And I'm wondering just maybe if we've gotten too busy to do that kind of thing. I, I think it's even more than just being busy. I think there's a system in the world that um, almost excludes it. So because mm. we don't live in the village, we don't see each other every day, when we do see each other, I think in general in Western culture, it's about success and having your act together. Mm. So why would anybody want to admit that they don't have their mm. act together? I think when you lived in a village, there's there was time in which everybody just knew if you were going through something was difficult. I just they just knew it. <laughs> yeah. So so the idea was there you kind of the the baked in potential for intimacy because yeah. you had the baked in potential for weakness to be seen. But if weakness is not seen, intimacy is forfeit. Mm. So the idea is mm. that openness begets openness. Somebody's open with you, you open back, back and forth. And over time, you get this depth of relationship that Paul and Timothy adds because even in chapter 2, verse 1, he calls, calls him my dear child. Yeah. And so that loving relationship. I think our system, the way it's created, um, excludes that. And the only way to get that back is intentional. Yeah. It's diligence. It's having people over, hospitality, spending yeah. time, being honest, admitting needs, uh, confessing that you're not as strong as you'd like to be in this area, uh, getting counsel. I, I, but I think that it's, it's far and few between mm -hmm. because the work necessary, it, it's a high price. but the benefit is huge. How many people go, I'd love to have deep and abiding relationships and I'd love to really know people and go, are you willing to do what's necessary? Yeah. Stop complaining about not knowing people better or having more friends. Are you a friend? Right. Are, are you admitting things? Are you drawing close to people? Are you confessing things? We'll just do that and those things come to you. But if you sit back and go, I want to have them, but you never think about the price tag, you never think about your responsibility, you're just like a child whining in the corner. Mm. Just get out and you've got to do that. Yeah. And I think it's ironic. I don't know how many times I've heard from the same lips. Um, I want to have these relationships, but nobody comes and approaches me. Yeah. Nobody's yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But they will also, from the same lips, go, oh, that person was really like intrusive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think to like, myself, well, yeah. uh, what do we, what do we want here? Um, and I would give you like, not everybody. I'll hear this because I'm, I'm a learned relational person. I'm not naturally relational, going around looking for these things. Um, but I realized a long time ago, what? Not, not as long as I would like it to have been. But I realized that for me to grow closer to the Lord, I can't do this by myself. I yeah. need those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's one thing I want, it's Jesus. Yeah. So people become very viable to me. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, though I might not naturally think about asking somebody, hey, do you want to get lunch or how it was go those things don't happen to me, 
I have found there's not a single individual that I have intentionally poured into that I do not have a close relationship with. Yeah. It ain't got nothing to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's me taking the time to pray for them, to talk about them, and to really invest into their relationship and understanding of the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes you just get a fast brother from doing a little bit of work, and that is worth having. And it, and it costs you. Like the other night, uh, somebody was asking me because we had an event at the church, and uh, it was a great time. And uh, I didn't really want to go because I was like, <laughs> I got other things I could do. I mean, I was it was preaching twenty minutes. I was tired, <laughs> and and but the thing is, at the end of the day, I went. But these are the things you go to yeah. if you want relationships. You you force yourself to do things because you know they're the right thing to do, and then you enjoy the fruit afterwards. Yeah. The fruit doesn't come before you. Don't go. Yeah, I want to go, and I want to be a part of this. Yeah. I want to leave my comfortable house and spend time with people and get. But you, you have to look at the event through what will happen yes. or what will be produced. You have to look at it very much like trials and James for what mm. it produces, not the trial, but what it will produce yeah. in you. A trial will produce reliance on Christ. Going into an event, uh, leaving your house, taking time out, it's not that it's enjoyable. Mm. It's that the other side of that has yeah. benefit, it's and then you view it through it. Yeah. You're investing into the kingdom in one yeah. aspect, right? Because you're coming to give to the body, but you're investing in your own development. It's yeah. A great investment. To and how many people go, I'd love to have deeper relationships. Oh, by the way, I never go to anything. Mm -hmm. and, and I know this isn't on the subject, but it's a, it's a good reminder. Because if you want to have this relationship like Paul and Timothy had, yeah. there's a price tag. Yeah. There's a price. Will you pay the price? If you pay the price, you'll enjoy the benefit. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Well, I, we already rambled about stuff that has nothing to do with the text directly, yeah, but that yeah. was kind of my goal this week. Because <laughs> um, one of the things I thought was interesting, I had a great, somebody was very kind, and they thanked us for these podcasts before um, the service started. And they had mentioned that they love that we'll start with a text and we'll get off topic, but we're not off the Lord when we're doing it, right? Oh, yeah. um, because this is life. Yeah, right? yeah. And totally. I get, like, we have, uh, maybe people will look and they go, oh, you're pastors, you do this all day long. So, it, and it's a great privilege. Sure. I'm thankful that we get, sure. do get to do it. Um, but don't think that you can't participate in that. Yeah. Like, you can uh, be thinking about these things. I hope when you do your quiet time or whatever it is you call it in the morning or evening, mm. that, that scripture still goes around and you can bring it up in conversation. It's, yeah. it's good stuff to talk Helpful. about. So, yeah. Well, thank you, brother, for your time. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm glad that you're here again. Until we gather again, hopefully next week, Lord willing, focus on spreading God's fame and making disciples and enjoying mm. the privilege of doing that. Until next time. Mm.